reading Numbers in June of 2019, continuing the story of Balaam. The chapter after is ass, Balaam saying to Balak in the face of the people. Balaam said to Balak, Balak, build me here seven slaughter sites and prepare for me here seven bulls and seven rams. Balak did as Balaam had spoken to him. Then Balaam and Balak offered up a bull and a ram on each slaughter site. And Balaam said to Balak, Station yourself beside your offering up, and I will go. Perhaps Yahweh will encounter me in an encounter. The word, whatever he lets me see, I will report to you. So he went off by himself. And God did encounter Balaam. He said to him, The seven slaughter sites I have arranged, and I have offered up a bull and a ram on each slaughter site, Yahweh put words in Balaam's mouth and said, Return to Balak, and thus shall you speak. So he returned to him, and here he was standing alongside his offering up, he and all the nobles of Moab. And he took up his discourse and said, From Aram Balak led me, Moab's king from the hills of Kadam. Go! Damn Yaakov for me. Go execrate Israel. How shall I revile him whom God has not reviled? How shall I execrate him whom God has not execrated? Indeed, from the top of the crags I see him. From hills I behold him. Here, a people, alone in security, it dwells. Among the nations, it does not need to come to reckoning. Who can measure the dust of Yahav, or find a number for the dust clouds of Israel? May I die the death of the upright. May my future be like his. Balak said to Balaam, What have you done to me to revile my foes? I took you on, and here you have blessed. Yes, bless them. And he answered and said, Is it not whatever Yahweh puts in my mouth, that alone I must take care to speak? And Balak said to him, Pray, go with me to another place, from where you can see them. On their edge you will see, all of them you will not see, revile them for me from there. So he took them, to the field of watchmen, to the top of the summit. He built seven slaughter sites and offered up a bull and a ram on each slaughter site. And then he said to Balak, Stand here alongside your offering up. As for me, I will seek an encounter here. Yahweh let himself be encountered by Balaam and put words in his mouth. He said, Return to Balak, and thus shall you speak. He came to him. Here he was standing alongside his offering up the nobles of Moab with him. Balak said to him, What did Yahweh speak? He took up his discourse and said, Arise, Balak, and hearken. Turn ear toward me, O son of Zippor. No man is God that he should lie 
or a human being that he should retract. He should he say and not do, speak and not fulfill. Here, to bless I was taken on. When he blesses, I cannot reverse it. He spies no evil in Yahav. He sees no trouble in Israel. Yahweh, their God, is with them. Fan for for a king among them. The God who brought them out of Egypt, like the horns of the wild ox for him. For there is no divination in Yahav, and no augury in Israel. At once it is said to Yahav, to Israel, what God intends. Here a people arises like a king of beasts, like a lion, it lifts itself up. It does not lie down till it eats its prey, and the blood of the slain it drinks. Balak said to Balaam, If you cannot revile, revile them, just do not bless, bless them. Balaam spoke up and said to Balak, Did I not speak to you before, saying, All that God speaks, that alone may I do. Balak said to Balaam, Pray go, I will take you to another place. Perhaps it will be right in God's eyes that you will revile them for me from there. So Balak took Balaam to the top of Peor that overlooks the wasteland. And Balaam said to Balak, Build me here seven slaughter sites, and prepare for me here seven bulls and seven rams. So Balak did as Balaam had said, and he offered up a bull and a ram on each slaughter site. Well, you know we're on the brink. We finished two rounds of a three-round story tomorrow. Chapter 23, Balaam's Showdown. So in Chapter 23, Balak keeps trying to get set up an event for Balaam to curse Israel. Sets up one lavish sets of altars after another, but the prophet does not deliver the curse, but a blessing, consistent with his original warning to the king's agents and to the king. Balak follows that definition of insanity, driven by confirmation bias, to keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Balaam, like a rock star or a media giant, demands that his host, the king, provide a suitably large platform a big stage for the performance of the prophet. Like a team owner and a franchise player in a professional sport today, they build up the hype by sacrificing extravagantly and wastefully. Then, like the talent today, Balaam makes the king wait while he consults with God. God tells Balaam to bless, not to curse Israel. Sing the oracle, resist the powers that be, the man who tries to buy your loyalty. Champion the underdog, challenge the powerful. The king will complain, but you stand up as an ally and an advocate. This is not told as historical fact of a thing that happened, but as a moral tale to frame new contexts for millennia to come. What side are you on? 
and who's there with you? Balak the king doesn't accept the message as final. He spends more. He repeats the experiment, trying to correct the technical defects in the first attempt. He takes Balaam to the top of Pisgah for a better view from a different angle and builds another big venue and demands the same job to be done. Curse Israel. The prophet consults God, then delivers a second oracle. Blessing. Again. Like any good story, you know there's going to be a third round. Balak complains less about the second oracle of blessing, but asks the prophet that if Balaam can't curse, could he at least not bless? The pattern of advocacy and allyship is clear as the king perseverates and tries a third time to build the right venue and show the prophet an angle that shows what the king sees. This time, Peor. This cycle of the stories of Balak, the king of Moab, and Balaam, the prophet for hire, needs a third chapter tomorrow. Xenophobic Balak fears the migrants, launches a media response. The PR consultants who try to hire Balaam, we've seen the prophet's response, wavering from role model to cautionary tale. The dramatic tension is, which of these will prevail? Will Balaam do the right thing? Many of my co-religionists get to read this story from the perspective of Israel. As marginalized migrants themselves, they get to sit in the cheap seats at the show and root for Balaam doing the right thing, like a Game of Thrones epic. My own privilege leaves me identified with the king, and my profession has cast me repeatedly as the prophet. We are Moabites and Midianites. Are we allies or enemies of the people of God? <laughs>